0: Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word.
1: Beloved, we are in our current study entitled, tickled ears, and broken cisterns. In Second Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 to 9, we are given a stark reality of difficult times the Apostle Paul prophesied would mark the final days on earth. He writes, but realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful unholy unloving irreconcilable malicious gossips without self-control brutal haters of good treacherous reckless conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god holding to a form of godliness although they have denied its power and avoid such men as these for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And just as Janese and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men of depraved mind, rejected as regards the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, as also that of those came to be." Beloved, in this profound and prophetic passage of Scripture, valuable insight is given to the sorrowful dilemma we are facing in the Laodicea church of today. For as we are given Holy Spirit understanding in its full context, it becomes clear that the company of people Paul was describing was not the general population of the world, even though we certainly see the self-centered and wicked traits among them as well. But he was specifically addressing those who were in the church, with special emphasis on the leaders who he compares to Janese and Jambres, who were magicians in Pharaoh's court. These counterfeiters mimic the true miracles performed by Moses in revelation of the God of Israel, for they were servants of Antichrist, of which Pharaoh stood in type and symbol. Paul used these impostors as an illustration of a widespread and active rejection of God's inerrant word of truth in the last days, as well as the counterfeiting of that truth. In verse 5 of the Second Timothy 3 account, Paul warns that the perpetrators of these falsehoods and deceptions would hold to a form of godliness, but that they would deny its power. The Greek word for form in that passage is morphosis. The lexical age to the New Testament defines morphosis as the mere semblance or appearance of a thing. In other words, it is merely a resemblance, but holds within it no true substance. And so, while they superficially appear to hold to a type of superficial godliness, they reject and deny its true power. The Greek word for that power is dunamis dunamis is the miracle working force of god that raised christ from the dead in eternal life resurrection reality and it is the same resurrection power that ignites within the sin-dead spirit of an unredeemed man or woman upon their true repentance and complete surrender to jesus as their savior and lord where in amazing grace reality their sins are washed away in the blood of jesus and they become new creations in him. And that is why the denial of this eternal life power that is practiced by the many impostors who love their pleasures more than God is such an affront to the Lord. For while these so-called ministers offer platitudes a worldly fodder to satisfy the itching ears of carnal so-called Christians, they withhold salvation's life-or-death mandate of the necessity of repentance of sins and the new-birth miracle, without which no man or woman will see heaven. The liberal seminaries of today are the workshops that are producing the many alleged preachers that fill our pulpits on the assembly lines of unbelief. To give a heart-wrenching example, please allow me to share a study conducted by the Center for Cognitive Studies at Tufts University under the direction of Daniel C. Dennett and Linda Scola. Dennett, by the way, is an atheist and cognitive scientist whose obvious intent was to use this study to disprove genuine Christianity and the devoted men and women of God who do serve him in truth and reverential dedication. In their attempt to discredit the true Church of Jesus Christ, they present case studies of five self-proclaimed ministers, three from liberal denominations and two from conservative denominations for time's sake we will cover the first three the first was wes a methodist who said he had lost his confidence in the bible while attending a liberal christian college and seminary i went to college thinking that adam and eve were real people he explained now he no longer believes that god even exists in his rendering god is a word that can be used very expressively in some of my more meditative modes and a kind of poetry that is written by human beings. His church members do not know that he is an atheist, but he explains that they are somewhat liberal themselves. His ministerial colleagues are even more liberal. They don't believe Jesus rose from the dead literally. Neither do they believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. They have rejected what they consider to be just myths. The second subject was Rick, a campus minister for the United Church of Christ, perhaps one of the most liberal of Protestant denominations. He was an agnostic in college and says he lost all belief by the time he graduated from seminary. He chose ordination in the UCC because it required no forced doctrine. And even as he graduated from seminary, he knew that he did not believe in the traditional foundation of the Christian faith or in his words, all this creedal stuff about the incarnation of Christ or the need for salvation. But he remained in ministry nevertheless. In the pulpit, his mode is to talk as if he does believe, because quoting him, as long as you are talking about God and Jesus and the Bible, that's what they want to hear. You are just phrasing it in a way that makes sense to them. But language is ambiguous, and can be heard in many different ways. He doesn't like to call himself an atheist, but in his words, if not believing in a supernatural theistic God is what distinguishes an atheist, then I am one too. Then there's Darrell, a Presbyterian who sees himself as a progressive-minded pastor, who wants to see his kind of non-doctrinal Christianity given validity in some way. He acknowledges that he is more a pantheist than a theist, and thinks that many of the more educated members of his Church hold to the same liberal beliefs as his own. And those beliefs, or more appropriately unbeliefs, are stated clearly in their own statements, which are, I reject the virgin birth. I reject substitutionary atonement. I reject the divinity of Jesus. I reject heaven and hell in the traditional sense— and I am not alone. Amazingly, Darrell is candid about the fact that he remains in his ministry largely for financial reasons. It is how he provides for his family. Beloved, the forthright and yet heart-wrenching analysis of these three pastors exposed some of the ungodly mindsets of these men, who, as spawns of Satan, have been masquerading as pastors in mainline denominations, and doing it, under the mantle of ordained ministers of God. And the even more frightening reality held within this compilation is that as the great apostasy looms ever closer upon us, they are but a sampling of the many impostors who stand behind the pulpit week after week, posing as representatives of Christianity. They speak in the name of God, Jesus, and even the Holy Spirit, but when pressed by their own admission— They don't believe, among other foundational beliefs held within true Christianity, in the virgin birth of Jesus or a literal resurrection. In fact, one of the pastors interviewed in the study didn't believe in God at all. Beloved, these are some of the Antichrist realities that the Holy Spirit is alerting us to, with no signs of the time's urgency. As the last things held within his prophetic word unfold before us, he is sharpening the calibration of his unadulterated word of truth that has been blurred by the enemy's many counterfeits and deceptions. For salvation's dispensation of grace is quickly running out, and the day of decision is upon us. Lord Jesus warned that wide is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and while multitudes of people attend church faithfully, they are being led as sheep to the slaughter without even knowing it. As they walk in scriptural ignorance, their denominational affiliation stands as the pillar of their false security that they are a Christian. It is where their loyalty resides and is the sinking sand upon which their false salvation security is built. Have you ever witnessed to a person whereby you ask them if they know the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior? And their answer was, Oh, I'm a Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, and so on. They call themselves Christian, but it means no more in the security of their salvation than being asked what their political affiliation is. And if they do not repent, and with all their heart turn to Jesus the Savior of their souls... "'who alone is the way and the truth and the life. "'Oh, how great their fall will be "'when on the day of judgment "'Satan's claim upon them comes crushing down "'and they are carried into the forever pit of hell "'along with him. "'Beloved, genuine salvation is a matter "'of eternal life or death. "'Therefore it must be taken most seriously.' There is no room in God's plan of salvation for the generic versions of death's escape from sin's consequences that God's adversary has orchestrated. Only genuine belief in Jesus Christ the Lord and undefiled and complete faith in His perfect blood atonement sacrifice will guarantee the new birth miracle regeneration within the sin-riddled and fallen nature of man and is satan's passionate objective to usurp the one true and only god of all creation and to deceive as many as he can into worshipping him instead continues to drive him he spreads his deceptions like a deadly serpent through the many false ways he has orchestrated to lead men away from the truth that alone will save them in our next message we will address what it means to be a genuine christian and the new-birth miracle that guarantees the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ the Lord. We will also continue to expose the many counterfeits of salvation's truth and how to recognize them. And so, until next time, beloved, and, as always, I bid you His agape.
0: You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri 63006 or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www dot Agapelightministries.com.